Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Roman Show for the week of June 4th, 2018. We welcome Between Kings to talk about their new debut album, The Escape. This plus much more coming up next. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster, go. Retro, go. Vital, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Blind, go. We're going flight. GNC, we're going. Down here, go. Control, go. Go, go. FAO, we are go. Network, go. Discovery, go. Capcom, we're going flight. Launch control, this is Houston. We are going to launch. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Alright everyone, it's another episode. Rodolfo Roman here, your host, alongside the dashing one, George Alonzo. What's going on, man? Not much. Just here enjoying my sangria flavored margarita and having another great day. You want to sip? Nah, I kinda actually kinda Listen, I need some different flavors in my mouth. I cannot just have the same old stuff every week. That's so totally sounded wrong. All right, let's talk now. Different flavors in your mouth, you pervert. All right, just saying. Hey, guys, we're June 9th. Fighting Evolution Wrestling returns at the Coral Springs High School with special guests. WWE Raw and SmackDown General Manager Vicky Guerrero and former SmackDown General Manager and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long will be in the house. Tickets ringside are 15 bucks, general admission 10 bucks, and you get to meet Vicky Guerrero and Teddy Long. We hope to see you out there this Saturday, June 9th. 305 Fights returns with live amateur MMA, kickboxing, and Muay Thai, and also grappling action. At 6 p.m., the doors open at 901 Event and Conference Center, 901 Northwest 183rd Street in Miami, Florida. That will be on June 23rd. So make sure you get your tickets. Uh, for information, make sure to visit 305fights.com. And Extreme Action Park will be the home for Titan FC 50. It's monumental, the 50th event for Titan FC which airs on UFC Fight Pass. Visit cagetix.com forward slash TitanFC. And boy, do they have a great fight card lined up for you already. Two titles will be on the line, including Hashman Fields' lightweight title and Jose Cáceres' welterweight title. Both of those bouts will be on the line. Gustavo Eddie Villar will be returning to action against Victor Diaz in a flyweight duel. And Rafael Alvarez versus Babit Nazarov in a lightweight fight. This and a whole lot more, so make sure you get your tickets. That is cagetix.com forward slash TitanFC. All right, guys, just a friendly reminder, the best shirts in town, Collar and Elbow, that's collarandelbow.com or collarandelbowbrand.com is where you need to visit. Make sure you use the code THE Roman Show all and tap all together to get a percentage off your purchase. That's CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Absolutely amazing. All right, let's get straight to action. Talk to pro wrestling, man. Well, George, you know, we were away last week, uh, but hey, 
Enzo has made a return, but is not to the ring. Enzo is now a rapper. You know, I always thought that his little gimmick and his old rhymes and all that good stuff uh, was just part of uh, his flow, but... Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a rap fan, you know, I, but I'm an old-school type of rap fan. I like the Biggie Smalls, I like the Tupacs, the L Cool J's. Heck, I even go even more underground with Cannabis, Wu-Tang Clan. Go and name a whole bunch of them, but... Enzo is a mixture of, man, two chains, and I, I don't know what, he's just a mixture of a whole bunch of things, but one thing that did call my attention is that he called out the woman who allegedly, uh, well, who accused him of raping him, but, boy, I, I just think it's just going to be like a one-trick pony here for uh, for Enzo about this rapping game. I mean, he, he could, he could offer to a promoter, wrestle and do a rap show right after. First and foremost, it feels like you're the one sipping on my sangria margarita because it was not his, uh, her raping Enzo. It was apparently Enzo raping her. Sorry about that. You're right. Okay. That's, a, that's why I took time off. Yeah, it makes sense. But basically, uh, go, going back to the story, listen, I, I said it from the beginning when we first even spoke about it here on your show. Don't jump to a conclusion. Don't do anything that you're going to regret later because funny how everyone was on the bandwagon of saying, hey, we like everyone should let go of Enzo. Uh, WWE should let go of Enzo. He's an asshole. Oh, he raped someone, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And now everything came to clear where she even disappeared. The charges were dropped. He made a rap. He seems happier than before. And now where are all these people that were saying this and that? Now, where are you? Where are you? I, I totally agree with you. And it shows how much people, I guess, appreciate Enzo. Because he went on social media and had a, a gathering in Times Square in New York. All through social media. And he had a ton of people... Our good friend, Mr. Cha-Cha-Charlie, actually, a local wrestler in South Florida, uh, was, a, was a bouncer or, or, or was, was a bodyguard uh, for Enzo. But, yes, you're absolutely right. In fact, in the song, he says, or actually in, in, in that video that he posted on social media, he said that he thanks the fans because it's because of the fans they were able to call out this woman that all her spiel was, was, was a hoax, was a lie. He's like... I shouldn't even hire lawyers because my fans looked out for me. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm saying, like, you know, for the people who didn't want any part of it, fine, great, congratulations. Uh, you you sided with the right side. Like, you you didn't take a side. You, you knew your place where you said to yourself, hey, I'm not a cop. I don't know, or I wasn't in the situation, so why should I have my two cents about the the about the fact, but for the people who opened their mouths and said, oh yeah, he raped the girl, or hey, he should be released, or hey, he should be arrested, again, ask yourself, where are you now, like, seriously, and I bet you my bottom dollar, I'm not going to say 90% of that group that was out there with him in Times Square, uh, but I want to say at least 25% of that group that was with Enzo in Times Square were those people. So, again, 
you should feel very ashamed of yourself. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Very shameful. Never jump to conclusions. The man was clean. But, you know, good for Enzo. He's taking on a different route. You're right. He does feel a lot happier. He even said he killed his own self uh, in that video, if you take a look at it. And he's taking on a new persona and looking at a new journey. So kudos for Enzo. And you never know. We might see him here in South Florida. He hasn't really said anything about his uh, wrestling career. We don't know what the future holds. But we do know that he's taking this rap thing very seriously. It was on World Star Hip Hop. Got a whole bunch of views and whatnot. So we'll keep an eye on Enzo. But hey, he's clean. Let the man do his thing. And he was really carrying the 205 live. I mean, it, Enzo, when he got the title, the ratings went up. I agree. And uh, as a matter of fact, I had a couple correspondents even tell me when it came to charity events with the WWE, he was always the first one to throw his name on, in the hat. Like, uh, to see the, the people in need for the children in the hospital. He was always the first one there. So, again, you know, what... Uh, I already said what I had to say about this matter, and I stick by it. All right, moving forward. Mauro Ronaldo. All right, Mauro Ronaldo, we know him, but uh, he's a commentator for NXT. At one point, he was doing the commentating for SmackDown. And he is a, uh, uh announcer or commentator for Bellator... He's also done it for the boxing events. So the man has, uh, has earned his dues. He's very well known uh, as a commentator in combat sports. Uh, but Taz, former ECW uh, champion and former WWE performer or superstar Taz, said that he's not too much of a fan of Mauro Ronaldo. Uh, and by the way, there is a documentary on him about his uh, mental disorder of bipolar. Uh, but he said he's not a fan of him. Not not that he takes any credit away from him, not that he's saying that he's just he's a bad announcer, but he, he says that he seems to overdo it with the yelling and the screaming. And I am going to have to agree with Taz. Mind you, I've always thought that Mauro Ronaldo is, had to be at one point in day, one day would be in the WWE because he's a perfect fit. He, was, he did a great job over there in New Japan Pro. When he fit in as a commentator. And he's a great commentator. Not taking anything away from him. He's great as a commentator. I, bring, I think he brings a lot of excitement uh, to the match itself. But sometimes he just gets too carried away. We're having a conversation uh, that he has a little Joey style to it. But Joey style just knew when to scream, when to yell. He wasn't just yelling and screaming every time. Butting over people while they were talking. So I have to agree with Taz. Listen, as far as Mauro Ronaldo, I could see where you and Taz can agree on the same subject. I'm not saying you're wrong, but at the same time, you have to look at it this way. Mauro Ronaldo, this is, was one of his dream jobs. And I, I guess you could say his excitement just takes over. Uh, sometimes when you have that dream job, yes, Mauro has been a year, two years, three years. Sometimes that dream, just you never exit that dream. Sometimes you, you keep on telling yourself, is this still happening? I cannot believe it's here. You know, it's kind of like, not to compare apples with oranges here, Mr. Roman, but it's kind of like saying, hey, if you got a job with the UFC, yes, you'll be excited. Maybe you'll be excited for a year, two years, three years, five years, ten years. But sometimes, without you noticing, the excitement takes over, and you just say, "Oh my God, so and so," you know. It's a little over the. And, and listen, Frank, we can't take it away from him. That is his style. Fine, I I agree. But it's just a little bit too much. I just wouldn't be riding on his tail, you know. I, 
I, I respect that guy. You know, he does a great job. But just stop overselling himself. Just, just stop it. You don't have to. Ah! Like if it's the end of the world. I, again, I'm not going against your words. I'm just telling you. And I'm not defending him either. I'm just saying what could be. It just could be the fact that he hasn't let go of his excitement. And excitement can do that to you. Uh, that That's all. That's all I'm saying. All right. Moving forward, all in two. Well, let's start with all in. That's going to be in Chicago very, very soon. And it's sold out. But rumors have it that uh, the all in two was going to take place in New York in Madison Square Garden. But there is a story out there going around that that won't be able to come to fruition because WWE chairman Vince McMahon has an exclusive contract or agreement with MSG to hold only WWE or professional... When it comes to pro wrestling events, it could only be the WWE. And that's kind of... Kind of well, that just shows goes to show you the power, right, and respect that WWE has. Well, you you can't forget that w, Madison Square Garden was the home of WrestleMania One. That's been almost like a second home for the WWE, besides Stanford, Connecticut, and so on and so forth. So that you know, it's kind of like saying, "Hey, uh, you know, Mr. Roman, I just knocked on your door, and once I walk in through that door, it's my house." No, it's not. Is never gonna be my house. It's gonna be yours, and that's what almost transpired with this whole situation. I'm not trying to say that Cody was trying to take the WWE's house because maybe he was just doing it as a one-time opportunity. But needless to say, you know, you're just not gonna ever walk into someone's front door and say, "This is my house now." It's just not gonna happen. You know what's funny, though, come to think about it? I mean, you also got the Barclays, and, you know, the WWE is there all the time. When Now they learned to have SummerSlam, too. Uh, they, they got an agreement. But when you come to think of it, let's just say that Cody were to return to the WWE. I don't think he'll pack the house. I mean, let's just be honest. He, Him himself, he will not pack the house. You and everyone said... That he was not going to sell out that ten thousand. Yeah, but 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 because he had all these other needs. Uh, but he never said that was going to be him by himself. He said that if he was able to put on a show, a show, he could sell out the ten thousand seats, and he sold out in less than one hour. He never said himself. He said if he put on a show. But if you take away, let's say if you were to take away the Young Bucks, Cody, and I'll give you Kenny. I'll give you Kenny. Do you think they will, adding those three to the WWE, do you think that they will be the main event that the reason why people are going to pay tickets to go see? Where? At the, the, at the WWE, at WWE, if they were hired by the, the WWE. Young Bucks and who were the Kenny young? and Cody. So, Oh, Kenny and Cody going to WWE. I would say yes. Right now, Cody is one of the most top-selling acts in the independence, if not in the semi-independence or whatever you call ROH and all that stuff nowadays. He's one of the top of the top right now. And Kenny Omega has been one of the tops for decades. So if they both went to WWE... Uh, to be honest with you, you're going to have to see the uh, IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community, not too happy about it because 
they, they look at Shinsuke Nakamura nowadays and they don't even think the same as Shinsuke. But it's, it's a situation of, yes, I'll tune in just to see what they're going to do with Cody and Kenny. Just to see. That, that, and most likely the same people who tune in the first day will tune in the second and third. And I will tell you this, Rutch. With the WWE's ratings nowadays, they need something like that. Well, yeah, you're gonna add some extra spice. You're gonna add a little, a little salt with, with what they currently got with the product. I, I totally agree. I'll tell you this much: they better fix their ratings before they transfer over to Fox. <laughs> they sure as hell need it. All right, guys, we're gonna now welcome in the boys of uh, Between Kings. They got the new album, The Escape. It's actually their debut album. It's available for streaming on Spotify, so you can check it out for yourselves. The Escape, new album, Between Kings, the Australian band, lets us know what to anticipate for this album. And if you haven't heard it yet, please go do so. All the information is at theromanshow.com. Make sure to follow us on our socials, Roman 201 on YouTube, The Roman Show on Twitter, and Roman Show Media on Instagram. Welcome back, everyone, to The Roman Show. Make sure to follow us again on our socials at The Roman Show on Twitter and Roman Show Media on Instagram and Facebook. Well, on the line, ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to have this member of the band all the way from Australia. So really looking forward to this. And you got to check out their music, Between Kings. You can check out the latest releasement that they just have. The first album of the, the band, Between Kings. Jordan, thanks so much for taking your time and speaking to us, man. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Uh, absolutely awesome, man. The Escape it has been released. Amazing yeah. stuff. I'm a big <laughs> fan of that it's, it's Escape song, one of the singles. Very catchy, very poppy, man. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, we um, we have a couple of different uh, sort of influences uh, writing about it and stuff like that, um, but obviously wanted to keep it you know, true to our own form and what we feel. Like, you know, we don't want to be a, 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 you know, a copycat or next in line type thing. Um, but yeah, we, we sort of approach it with like elements from, you know, like pop and even like hardcore and, um, and you know, dance music as well. So there's, there's like a, a bit of a blend of everything in there. I think it comes out, you know, quite nice. Yeah, no, and, and, I, and I can see it, the, the diversity in each of the songs and each of the tracks of uh, the LP Escape available right now for streaming. Now, in regards to this this album, what was the writing process? How long did it take you guys to put this thing together? Oh uh, man, the writing process was um it was an intense one. Um, so we just at the time uh, we got I was in L, uh, Los Angeles and um, I met up with uh, uh, Kevin Zinger, who we're now uh, signed to their label Faction and uh, Regime. And basically, they just asked me, you know, um, how long do you reckon you can, how long will it take to get an album together? And I just said, because uh, we just had a, you know, a bit of an EP at the time, and he, he liked it. I just went, I just sort of shot the dark, went, ah, uh, uh, five, five months, let's, let's say five months to get a, a you know, 12 track EP, uh, 12 track LP. Um, and so I went back home, and I've got my own studio at home where I, I mix and do that sort of stuff like that. 
Uh, and basically for five months I locked myself away. So this is what I tell people. Um, I woke up at 10 o'clock every morning um, and that sounds really like, oh, that's a sleep in. So I go, okay, no, okay, just wait. <laughs> so the day was, I uh, woke up at 10 um, and then I would write all day, uh, basically, you know, into the night and then put my headphones on and mix and master and do all that and maybe add some synths and some this and that uh, during the night time. And when the sun came up, that was my bedtime. That's when I knew I could, you know, go to bed. So I was going to bed basically six o'clock, getting up at uh, 10 a.m. and doing that for um, about, yeah, about five months. So it was, it was really intense. And obviously getting the boys in for their influences and um, getting Nick and myself together in for songwriting. We, what we do is we sit back and we go, uh, how's this song? What do you think this song's about? How's it, what is the sound telling you that it's about? Then we sit there, we sort of come up with a theme and sort of go off that. Why? Um, so that's what the right that's what the writing process was like. It was it was really intense for a very long period of time. I see that. And by the way, you guys can check out the the, the video for the escape available right now. It sends a, a very good message. So wh where did you get your inspiration, though? You said you didn't sleep. You woke up in the in, in the morning, uh, overnight. What did you look up to, or, or what did you read, or what, what did you find for inspiration for some of the music on on the LP? Um, a lot of it sort of came from within. We'll sort of go around a stylistic change, which. You can actually sort of see in the album, but from start to the finish, from front to back, you can sort of see an evolution of, um, it's almost like we've, we've put our new foot forward. So everything on the on the majority of the album is like a new sound, a new direction that we're headed in, and even evolving that for the second album. Um, and then you see like the last sort of like three songs, like Broken Valley's Party Song, uh, Alibi, and, and Howling, so like four. Um, those were stuff that were on the EP, so you can sort of see this like, sonic sort of change but um as far as inspirations go um i think around the time that's the spirit by bringing the horizon drops mm. uh massive fan of that uh 12 parts uh they dropped their album and, and that was the massive inspiration uh always loved imagine dragons and uh you know some of our pop punk bands like you know going back to childhood like blink 182 and lincoln park and red Hot chili peppers um so it was a lot of um some old school mixes in there but around the time definitely like uh well, the whole band was just jamming on um, Bring the Horizon, uh, Twelve Pilots, uh, Mass Dragons, and even stuff like Chainsmokers as well, you know? Oh, man, I'm a big fan of Bring Me the Horizon as well. So, with, yeah. the, with, with the Escape, um, of course, this is, a, this is a collaboration on the entire band, but let us know a little bit about the band, how it got together, how it came about. I have, how the band formed? Yeah. Crocodile Wrestling. <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a pastime in Australia uh -huh. um, that is beloved by all. Um, and what happened one day is like we, we didn't even know each other. Um, and we were just in a group. And uh, what happened was a crocodile uh, bit down on Nick, the lead singer. Now, uh, he bit down, he just went, ah, like without this nose. I was like, wow, that's beautiful. And then we sort of, um, this other guy jumped in, tried the crocodile's mouth away, and he's like, oh, he's strong, he'd be a good drummer. And, um, and then so we sort of talked and we formed a band around that. Wow, that is around, you know, um, you talk and about it's hundred percent true. And it, <laughs> that is hilarious. So all because of crocodile wrestling got you guys together. Well, it's absolutely all because of crocodile wrestling. That's not a fake story <laughs> or anything. That's hilarious. The, the, the real the real story is quite um yeah. <laughs> you know it's just run the mill type you know a, a bunch of boys who sort of get together for a lot out of music but. Yeah. 
uh, with a lot of interviews and stuff like that, we try to, you know, if, if you just keep saying the same answer over and over, mm-hmm. um, if that information's already out there, so we're just like, let's have fun with it. Let's not really tell people the truth. Or maybe sometimes we have told the truth and it's just like it's up to people to decide which one's the actual story. But I still, I, I would go though for the crocodile story though, I will tell you. You know, you say that it's a, it's a pastime in Australia here, other than Miami, Florida. We do, we don't do it, but Native American Indians they do it here all the time. It's like a show over here, so I can kind of yeah, relate to that. I was gonna say, oh yeah, I, I've heard some things about Florida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of games. We got them in a, yeah, we got them in, a, in the backyards, pools, yep. like cross yep. roadways. <laughs> Nothing yeah, new to us. That. That's crazy. All right, well, yeah, we we can relate on that then. Yeah. So <laughs> the the escape, of course, many songs in there. Which are some of the ones uh, your favorites that you like to? Perform on stage. Oh, um, to perform on stage. It's it really depends on the crowd. Mm. Um, when you have like really good crowd energy, like our crowds are amazing. Like I, I know like a lot of bands sort of probably say this, but we really do feel like we have the best fans in the world. You know that they're so loving and intimately caring, and then sometimes we'll play like a real hype song, like um, like forget to come down or um. Also, a bit more rock, like a bit more rock, like Alibi, or, and then sometimes the crowd really reacts to um, uh, a song like "Water of Our Own," which is this very slow ballad, very heart-wrenching song. Um, like not too long ago, we we uh, packed out a, a venue in Australia, and um, yeah, th- there was a lot of hype behind it, and all, all the big songs went off. And when we huh. played uh, "Water of Our Own," there was a lot of people in the audience crying. Wow. Um, and I remember I was playing, I was playing my parts, and then I saw this uh, this woman in the front, uh, you know, t- tears just rolling down her face. And I stopped playing, I reached out, I, I bent down and gave her a hug, um, you know. And so it, it really depends what sort of what the vibe is. Like sometimes it is the best just to come out like all all out and lights and and everyone's jumping and going crazy, and then sometimes to bring it down and have that real intimate connection with people um i guess it's so it's sort of hard to say which, which exactly one's a favorite it sort of depends on like memorable moments like that was a memorable moment for me um definitely doing with that um uh, i've also had memorable moments too where we've had like uh you know the crowd singing the chorus you know said the escape the whoa that stuff over the top of us we just hear them, like shouting it and we're like that's insane too you know so so Jordan, by the way, everyone, we're talking to, to Jordan of Between Kings, an album available around for streaming purchases, The Escape, available right now. Great music coming out of these boys all the way from Australia. So when you hit the stage, do you have a, a specific set list, or do you go change it up uh, in cities that you go to, or do you just stick to one the entire tour? Um, we're sort of sticking to one right now, um, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to mix it up. I, I think like playing eight nights back-to-back, uh, with the Escape of Fate tour, uh, I think that actually might be, yeah, yeah, eight, eight nights back in back. We had another show in Melbourne. Um, to I, I've learned the hard way not to swap things around. <laughs> um, you know, the day of or the day before. You know, you go to a especially big show like this where we're selling out. Um, you know, these big places. So, um, so we're keeping it just um, the same set, and then. When we do get a bit further on, have more songs under the belt, um, then mix the sets up to surprise people. 
speaking about touring, you'll be hitting the road soon, or you're on the road with Awaken I Am uh, and Escape the Fate. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this tour, man. What, what can people expect on uh, on the road when they, they get to see you boys on stage? Uh, they gotta. <laughs> it's gonna be a crazy show. It's um. Uh, this is actually you know our, our first tour, um, and to get um on such an iconic. All right, uh, George, well, there you heard it. Jordan, from Between Kings, absolutely awesome music all the way from Australia. We all know some great bands from the land down under, including ACDC, just to name a few. Speaking of which, ACDC, it just totally reminds me that uh, at FEW Fighting Evolution Wrestling on June 9th at the Coral Springs High School, they're going to have a highway to hell match uh, between the Headbangers and Cool Pimpin' with his uh, J.B. Cool and uh, Pope. So what what the hell is a highway to hell match, right? Well, it's basically a no-holds-bar type of match with chairs and ladders and, and anything else you want to get. So make sure you get your tickets, Coral Springs High School, for FEW Summer Showdown number three. Well, George, uh, while we were away, Michael Bisping announced his retirement. We all know that. He uh, lost his title against Georgia St. Pierre. It was the first time he won the championship, uh, but he he was defeated back in 2017 of November last year. He returned for one more fight with Kelvin Gastelum. He lost in China, and that was pretty much it. But Michael Bisping, uh, English fighter, definitely did a lot for the sport. He he's he's one of them pioneers. He definitely put uh, that that Englishman uh, type of MMA style on the map. Kudos to Michael Bisping. Thank you for what you did to the world of mixed martial arts. Also, Premier Fightly executive Ray Seffo, who competed in Strike Force and also in K1, has announced his retirement. He last fought back in well, a couple of years ago, actually, uh, for World Series of Fighting, which is now called PFL. So thank you, Mr. Seffo, uh, for doing what you did inside the ring and cage. Jose Shorty Torres, the champ champ of Titan FC, made his debut on UFC Utica. And I have to tell you, it was an absolutely awesome debut. He defeated his opponent. Uh, if you didn't see it, <laughs> I, invite you, I invite you to. It's all over the internet and it's available on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, quite a, a, a spectacle on he how he defeated his opponent. I don't want to let it all out. But I will tell you that well, you know, his opponent kind of dropped the ball. But nonetheless, Jose Shorty Torres, living up to the expectations, continues to be undefeated in the 125 division. George, this past weekend was also the debut of Bare Knuckle Fighting. That's right, Bare Knuckle Fighting. No gloves, just your fist. The only thing that was wrapped around their hands was a little tape. That's about it. And it seemed to be... Getting a good, good review, at least as far as the internet, got a lot of attention from the media. But we don't know the pay-per-view buys yet. But I, I think I see a future in this. I can tell you it was a bloody, gory event. Because when you get two men or two women duking it out with no gloves, you sure as hell is going to get some broken 
hands and a whole lot of blood. Beck Rawlings, former UFC cha- uh, fighter, was there. Uh, also, Rico Rodriguez uh, was there as well. Tony Lopez, this man uh, has been around in MMA for quite some time. He was part of King of the Cage. Also participated in a heavyweight duel, which was really, really cool because they fought till the end. If you get a chance, uh, I'm sure it's available for streaming, but you can see the pictures. You can see some of the reviews. Bare Knuckle Fighting would love to get your opinion uh, about what you think about this. Info at theromanshow.com is the website to let us know. Do you think that there's a future on Bare Knuckle Fighting? Let us know. Info at theromanshow.com. Well, George, the time has come. This weekend, the UFC returns to Chicago. And boy, do they have an amazing fight card. In fact, our good boy, or my boy, you pretty don't like him, CM Punk returns to the MMA uh, squared circle or, or octagon as he takes on Mike Jackson. Now, this is the first time, George, that he takes on someone that's pretty much equal because his opponent is 0-1 just like himself. Uh, doesn't have the experience as his former foe had. So CM Punk could have an opportunity or a chance to win. He is the opening fight of the main card that's airing on pay-per-view. Andre Arlovsky versus Taya Tuvasa. Holy Hom versus Megan Anderson. Colby Covington versus Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim welterweight uh, title. And also Robert Whitaker versus Yoel Romero for the middleweight title. George CM Punk, do you see any opportunity? Do you think he is going to win? Again, this is a guy that's about as equal as him. 0-1. Trained a couple of years. Maybe a year or two more than CM Punk. But this could be it. Mr. Roman, all I got to say is this. I'm not going to jump to a conclusion, but with the pictures that I've seen, CM Punk needs maybe a whole month nap. And on top of that... My opinion stays the same. Yes, kudos for him to follow his dream and go into the octagon. But he should have never left the wrestling ring. Well, I don't think he'll be coming to a WWE ring anytime soon as he has losses going on. But why not give this guy credit? I mean, the guy, 0-1, does not have as much experience as his previous Mickey Gale had. He could have a chance. We'll have to see. It's like flipping a coin. You have a a 50-50 chance, but I'm always going to go against CM Punk, so that's all I could say on that. I'd like to get your opinion. Do you think CM Punk at last gets his first victory in the UFC inside the octagon? Let us know. Info at theromanshow.com. We'll catch you next week on The Roman Show. Enjoy the weekend. We hope to see you at FEW Summer Showdown, and enjoy the UFC as they return to Chicago live on pay-per-view. If you haven't been on, you haven't heard. Catch you next week, guys. And by the way, guys, don't forget the Miami Marlins are hosting a throwback weekend. They're going to be wearing their old-school teal jerseys. Make sure to go out there and support the squad. They're a young team. They're winning little by little. Go out and support and relive some of the great memories as the team is celebrating 25 years of existence. See you at the ballpark, guys.